hope you all are doing well today. It's good to see you. Um, I'm excited today to talk. We're, we're in our series in Proverbs, and today's going to be our last one. And we're talking about, um, you know, wisdom for life in this series about how Proverbs gives us um, really guidance that's helpful for living for the day to day. Um, and how to live a life in a way that honors God and also is fruitful and meaningful. And so today we're going to talk about words. Um, and there's a lot in Proverbs about words, a whole lot. You voted last week. I gave you the choice. Friends or words? And it was friends, right? It was wor- Wait, this is words. This is friends. It was, it was words, right? So we all voted. And so it was, it was words this week we're going to preach on. And so um, we're going to talk about that. And the greeting question today was, you know, when's the time that you were struck by the power of words? I, I, I think... We all can recognize times that we've heard something and it's impacted us. Sometimes for positive, sometimes for negative. I don't think there has to be much dispute or much argument or much proving how much words impact us. I think you can think back at hurtful things that have been said to you that it's hard to forgive and it's hard to forget. They're words, but they strike they hit. Sometimes, sometimes they had this very powerful negative effect. Sometimes words are very positive. Sometimes you got just the right word that was encouraging and helpful. And it just sort of sustained you. I mean, I had a funny thing. I, I had a deadline that was due. Um, I can't remember if I showed a couple of weeks or not, but I had a deadline that was due and I missed the deadline. And, um, and I wrote them and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I was traveling. I got back. And I, it's my fault. No excuse. I totally missed the deadline. Please forgive me. Here's the, here's the information you need. Dunk, 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 dunk. And the person wrote back. They go, it's okay. We speak grace here. And I was like, dang, I like that phrase. I mean, it was just like this, 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 you know, just this, this whole wash of peace just sort of went over me because those simple words, we speak grace here. Like, man, that, that's powerful. Um, and so, so I know wor- words are very powerful. If you go to the book of James, probably one of the most famous, you know, one of the things that they tell you to memorize if you're having a hard time controlling your tongue is James 3. And I, I had to memorize that because I have a hard time controlling my tongue. Um, and so, if you, um, so I'm not embarrassed to say I've, I've memorized James 3 several times. And I probably need to do it again. Um, but what James does is at the beginning of that chapter, he gives three illustrations about the tongue showing its outsized impact. He first talks about a bit in a horse's mouth. This little piece of metal. I mean, a horse weighs how much? A lot. Okay? A horse weighs a lot. How much does a bit weigh? Ounces. But this little bit that goes in the mouth, it is used to control and turn the horse, this massive beast. That's an outsized impact. Then he gives the the example of a rudder on a ship. He goes, you got this little rudder on the back of a big, I mean, how much volume does that boat, water does it displace that makes it allow to float? Tons, just tons. But it's got a rudder in back that's pretty small, but it has an outsized impact. It, it actually directs the whole ship. You know, it's just crazy. So the tongue is a small little thing, this huge impact. The third illustration he gives is like a spark. He goes, a spark can start an entire forest fire. This is little thing, this little spark, can start, have massive impact. So James gives these three great illustrations about the, the tongue, the words that we say, the things that we communicate can have this unbelievable impact. I think we've all experienced that at one time or another. Positively, negatively, it happens all the time. And so today we're going to look at words. And, and, and the Proverbs, there's tons of Proverbs about words. And their proper use and their improper use. And so what I've done is try to collect a couple a couple. Um, marks or hallmarks of what are wise words. How can we be wise in our use of words? Because it's something we need to do. I mean, we talk, right? We communicate. There's words coming out all the time. And if they're so powerful, 
If words can have so much impact, if, if, they, if they can affect so many things in relationship and our direction and our future and all sorts of things, then shouldn't we give some attention to words? So that's what we're going to do today. It's just get some, a couple guidelines that can help us as we think about how we use words. And the, the overarching principle is, hey, let's use words that give life. So the way that we speak, let's speak words that give life. So that's sort of the overarching principle. Okay, let's just speak words that give life. Let's sort of make that the way we push words like, okay, we want to speak words of life. But what does that look like? What does that look like? And so I came up with four things and I tried to order them so you could remember them. Um, so they might even rhyme a little bit in the middle. I had them in a different order. It didn't rhyme at all. So this is better. Um, <clears throat> I had true, upright, helpful, few. That doesn't roll off as well. So I re- reorganized it. Upright, true, helpful, few. Upright, true, helpful, few. Now how many of you guys are Went to Boy Scouts, whatever. You may remember the Boy Scout law. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind of beauty, triple, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Right? <clears throat> that, that's what you're supposed to be. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Those are the things that you're supposed to be. You sort of get that drilled in your head and you say it every week and that's just, you, that, that's what you're supposed to be. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. <laughs> Okay, and so it's actually helpful to have those things in there. And that's how I want to act. That's the standard I want to have. So I'm going to not going to give you twelve, four. <laughs> Upright, true, helpful, few. So say it with me once. Upright, true, helpful, few. Let's try it again. Upright, true, helpful, few. Try it once with your eyes closed. Upright, true. Helpful few. Okay, so now we're going to talk about these, but that, I just want you to sort of put that in your head because my hope is that I and you, as we go through the week and as we're using words all the time, like I'm going to spew, I don't know how many thousands of words right now, um, <clears throat> but I hopefully prepared in a way that I'm saying things that are upright, true, helpful, and few. Not few, but I probably got to work on the few part. Uh, but, okay, but that, the thing is to sort of give you these ca- categories so that we all can have these in mind as we look at our speech. We look at how we communicate, we look at how we talk. So, are you ready to roll? Now, we're going to go through different proverbs for each one of these. The first thing is, the first way that words give life is if they're upright. And what I mean by this is that they're not perverse, they're not corrupt, they're not wicked, they're not corrosive, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're actually positive, upstanding, appropriate words. And there's all sorts of proverbs about this. So the first proverb we're going to read is in Proverbs 4.24. Pretty straightforward. Proverbs 4.24, he says, Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. That's a pretty straightforward command. I mean, what more do we need, right? If we're supposed to follow the scriptures, boom, done. Okay. <clears throat> but, but, that. but there's a lot of scriptures like this in Proverbs that talk about, you know, don't have your mouth associated with things that are perverse, that are corrupt, that are evil, that are wicked. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not here to dictate out what exactly words you can say and can't say. And, I'm not, and, and, and also, there's, you know, I think you know, there's a whole realms of cursing and what's a curse word, what's not a curse word, what's appropriate, what age. That's all appropriate and parents set guidelines and we need to follow those things and we need to be, have appropriate speech. And we also need to make sure that our patterns of speech, not just a blurb here or there, but we need to give attention to our actual patterns of speech, the things that we become accustomed to saying, the topics that we talk about, the, um, the realms in which we, we explore and laugh or talk or joke or, or even um, expose ourselves to. We've got to be far away from perversity and corruption. That's what he's saying. So he goes on, he goes on in verse, there's another Proverbs, Proverbs 8, 13. 
This is when wisdom is personified as a woman. She's, it's a great. If you want to read 8, 1 through 11, he says, I stand at the street corners. I offer wisdom to all. I make it available. The simple can come to me and drink. But he comes down and says, to fear the Lord, verse 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. And this is wisdom personified saying, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. You'll find that a lot of the Proverbs about speech, it's actually connected to character. And it's sort of, it's sort of lumped in together. He says, I, 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 here he says, you know, I hate, so it goes to the mind, pride and arrogance, how you think about things. It goes to the actions, the evil behavior that you do. And then the perverse speech that comes out of the words. And so a lot of problems, it actually links our actions and our words together, which is like what Jesus says, you know, the overflow of the heart, the man speaks. And so, so sometimes our, our, our corrupt speech can be an indicator to, her that, to us that, oh crud, I've actually slid in a way that I may not have recognized. Because, because perverse speech can sometimes be an indicator of that. And another, another Proverbs here, in Proverbs 17.20, um, says, One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. So you can see in that parallelism, it links together heart corrupt, tongue perverse. And so you'll see that in many of the Proverbs. And so, so the ba- main point is our speech needs to be upright. It needs to be above reproach. It needs to be on those types of things. And it's, it's hard to do, um, and it's easy to slip out of it. You know, sometimes we can become accustomed to language or accustomed to topics and accustomed to things, and then it becomes the norm. We sort of expose ourselves, and it becomes acceptable. Now, um, as you guys know, you know we're, we're, we're in the process of, of since it's being recorded, I'm not going to say the country we're going to move to, but we're moving to a country in another place in the Middle East, roughly. Okay? And so we're in the process of, of you know, getting our house to sell. So, you know, anybody wants to buy a house with a realtor? You know, send them our way. But, no, but we're actually doing repairs and all that kind of stuff. But the funny thing is, I mean, Teresa said, she said to me like three months ago, she's like, you know, we, we should repair these things. Because everybody says when you move your repair stuff, you wish you would have moved, you were repaired before. So, so yesterday is a perfect example. I did two projects. Okay? One was in the shower. It had, we, both these projects were this way when we bought the house. <laughs> these were things that were wrong with the house when we bought it. One, the, the, garage, the, the, the shower was not correctly sealed in. And the other was there was a piece of trim missing on one of the windows in the boy's bedroom. And we never fixed it. And we just got accustomed to it. And we've lived with it for 10 years. <laughs> Yesterday, each project took 15 minutes. 15 stinking minutes each. And it's done. But I became accustomed to it and it became the norm and it became simple, became okay. And that's what we sometimes do with speech. Then we get into realms, we start saying things, we start doing things, we have topics, we'll talk about things, we'll laugh at, jokes we'll tell, conversations we'll participate in, and all of a sudden it becomes the norm, becomes acceptable, and it's okay, and it's fine. I, I just want to just, to just say, hey God, this week I invite you to, con- to convict me when I'm saying things that I shouldn't say, when I'm speaking in realms and topics I shouldn't talk, and words are coming out of my mouth that, that don't really reflect what I want to be, where I want to go, or what I want to do. So help me this week to be upright. Okay, so that's upright. So upright, true, helpful, few. Upright, true, helpful, few. Say it with me. Upright, true, helpful, few. Okay, next is true. Pretty straightforward. Okay, this is a proverb, Proverbs 16 and 19. Six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable. Um, This is a 
common rhetorical device, you'll find it in Proverbs and other places, that they say six things. Nope, there's actually seven. Um, and so that's what he's saying. Six things he hates, seven that are detestable. It's actually a total of seven, but it's just a rhetorical device. So the seven things are... Um, Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that devised wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Okay, so those are seven things that God just hates. Are you want something on God's hate list? This is his hate list. Okay, two of the things are what? Two of the things, excuse me, goodness. Um, verse 17, haughty eyes, lying tongue, so you got lying tongue there, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So two out of the seven are lying. And these are things he hates. Okay, and we all, none of us want to be lied to. I mean, except sometimes, do you like this dress? Uh, you know, but apart from that, most of us don't want to be lied to. Okay? And, and seriously, and we don't want to be people that we cannot be trusted at all. We want to be people that they can take our, our word and say, yeah, I, I, I know that they're going to tell me the truth. And we all want to be that, but, but, but that's, and that's what he's saying, saying, hey, we need to be that way. He goes on, he says, the Lord detests, the next proverb, Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips. He's, this is like, this isn't like the Lord like is mildly annoyed at, or he like, he'd rather you not, or all things being equal, stay away from this. This is the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So just, just know, lying, bad. Truth, good. In God's eyes. It's simple. Okay, like me. I don't like coffee. You give me coffee as a gift, I'll say thank you, and I'll give it to somebody else. I don't like it. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like it at all. So my kids, for my birthday, do they give me a, a card for Starbucks? No. Do they give me fresh roasted coffee from Ethiopia? No. Do they buy me tiramisu for dessert? No. Because it has a hint of coffee in it. I don't like coffee. So you don't give me coffee. Or I'll just give it to somebody else. Okay? God doesn't like lying. He just doesn't like it. Don't do it. It offends him. It's destructive for you. It's not a part of what we're supposed to be. So let's set it aside. Okay? Doesn't help us at all. So let's invite God and say, God, help me this week. I invite you to convict me. Where am I life where I'm being untruthful? Where I am graying, where I am shading, where I am not actually being honest. The times I'm actually doing it intentionally. Let's start there. <laughs> God, I invite you this week to help me. I invite you. So we got upright true, helpful, few. Say it with me. Upright, true, helpful, few. Okay, so the third one is helpful. Here we go. Proverbs 10, 11. And basically the concept is our word should actually be of benefit. Okay? Not just fluff and air. I mean, like, not, not like the, 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 the peanut stuffing in a box you just like get rid of and try to throw it away and hope it doesn't mess up your whole house and get broken and you can't ever find it all. You know, no, our words should actually be helpful. They should be, be, be of some value. Okay? Um, and so, so here you go. So here we go. Here's some examples. Um, Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Here's another one, Proverbs 10, 20, and 21. 
The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die from lack of sense. So there's a sense that, that, that the words of the wise actually bring value. They help. They, they help things happen that are good. They're of value. And then, but there's interesting. Here's, here's another one. I'll read this last proverb um, on this topic. It's a little bit of a shift. Proverbs 27. It says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Words from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Those two go together. And the sense is, sometimes helpful words are rebuke. Sometimes helpful words are correction. Sometimes helpful words are actually saying something that's hard to hear and hard to say. Now you can probably tell if you should do it or not by how much enjoyment you're getting out of doing it. If you just can't wait to correct them, slow down. <laughs> just put a hold on that. You know. but, but, but sometimes helpful words are actually needed to be said to help us get over things. But here's the deal. Let me give you an example. So let's say you're gardening. Okay, if you're gardening to help something grow, what's the r- ratio between pruning and clearing the rocks, preparing the soil, adding fertilizer, watering, nurturing it to go up and making sure it's in sunlight. So, so you, let me just, in other words, you have all these things you're supposed to be doing to help it grow. All these positive things. Water, soil, removing rocks, removing weeds, tying it up to help it go, fertilizer, all these things to do to sort of help it grow, to nourish it. And then you do need to do some pruning too. Okay? But if all we walk around with are these prunings, some people see us in their lives and, and all we are are just a, a human pruning shear. We're just walking around correcting, 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 whining, complaining, arguing, you know, chop, 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 chop. Oh, crud, here comes chopper. You know, and sometimes that's how we can be seen. And, 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 and that's not our, we're supposed to be helpful, beneficial. And even if we need to have hard words to say, they probably shouldn't be the content of all we say. Sometimes, but not all the time. Okay, so, that's helpful. So, you ready? So, it's upright, true, helpful, and few. So, say it all together. Upright, true, helpful, few. Okay, the last one is few. <laughs> we have four verses on few, um, which is sort of ironic. But, okay, Proverbs seventeen twenty-eight says, I love this one. This one's just brilliant. Okay? Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. George, if you just clam up, people will actually think you're smart. Okay, but I love that verse. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Proverbs 10, 19. says, Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. George, you don't bring sin to an end by talking a lot and a lot more. You just get yourself in more money. It's like, stop digging. If you ever had somebody stop digging, this is me all the time. I do something wrong. I want to explain. I want to explain more. I want to explain more. I want to explain. I'm just like digging. I'm just digging the hole deeper that I'm in myself. And I'm getting farther from the top. And he says this. Multiplying words doesn't get you out of things. It doesn't get you out of sin. It doesn't get you out of problems. Actually, the prudent just need to... They just actually stop talking. Um, and hold, or hold their tongues in circumstances. Here's another verse. Proverbs 20:19. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> That's pretty strong. 
A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. And we all know those same people who gossip with us are the same people who will gossip about us. Right? The same people who gossip with us are the same people who are going to gossip about us. And we're included in that with. And so if we want to be people who are not gossips, then we need to not be a gossip. If we want to be people who are wise with our words, then we've got to sometimes, you know, put these two things together. And hold them together. It's hard. It takes more effort. It is. I mean, how hard is it to like to... Sometimes. It's hard. That's wisdom. That's wise in a lot of circumstances. Here's the last one. Proverbs 13.3. Those who guard their lives... Guard their lips. Sorry. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly come to ruin. Now, I know some of us are experts and some of us are introverts. And this is not a license to all husbands and kids or anybody else to answer with grunts. That's not what this is about. How are you doing today? Mm. How's work today? Mm. How was school today? Mm. Did you learn anything? Mm. Are you an animal? Mm. I mean, this, this is not saying don't communicate. It's also not saying that some people aren't extroverts and they talk a fair amount. But what it's saying is we should not be people who fill all the air with words all the time and that our words never take any thought. Words actually have import and have power. So they're not like arrows that are just to be shot all the time. No, you aim and shoot. Aim and shoot. Aim and shoot. They're dangerous. So we're just not supposed to just be just blazing out all the time, whatever we think, in every circumstance, commenting on everything, repeating everything, talking about everything, because if we do, we're probably going to be saying things we shouldn't be saying. A little bit of attention, a little bit of pause, a little bit of purpose, a little fewer words. Okay? So to be wise with words, to speak words that give life, they need to be words that are upright, true, helpful, Few. Let's say that together. Upright, true, helpful, few. So what I do, I say, hey, just pick one of those four things this week. And invite God. Say, God, help me this week. The one I struggle with the most is blank. And I invite you, I invite you to help me improve this week. I invite you to convict me. And if you convict me, I'll tell the person I'm sorry. And that will help me start making a change. Or I mean, if you really want to be, if you really want to be vulnerable, ask your sister, or your brother, or your parent, or your spouse, or your good friend. Oh, these four areas, which one of these do you think I need to work on? Now that, 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 that's a big step. You want to be teachable like we talked about last week. You want to be transformed. That's a big one. We may not have the muscles to do that. I don't know. But if you want to be really good, you can actually ask for input on it. But hey, look, but I tell you, if we're people who have the words of life and we speak the words of life to one another, it's all going to be a lot better. And one of those, I can't pass words of life without saying, obviously, the most powerful words of life we have are the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It also has to be shared. 
That's why Paul says, you know, how can they believe if they haven't heard? How can they hear unless someone tells? So we need to make sure that you have the words of life of Jesus Christ that's also part of our vocabulary. That we not only model and live, but share. That we can have salvation and faith. Salvation and life and forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Praise God. Well, hey, let's pray together. Lord, thanks so much we got the opportunity today just to look at Proverbs and look at words. Thank you that you made us beings that are relational. That we get to talk and share and grow and learn and, and be in relationship. And, and we mess up all the time with words. That's why you say, you know, that in James, no one's perfect. No one's able to keep their tongue in check all the time. Um, but we want to improve. We want to honor you. We want to live lives that are fruitful and a blessing and an encouragement. So help us this week to speak words that are, that are upright and true, helpful and few. And also, man, we'd love the opportunity to share with someone even the words of life of Jesus this week. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.